The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. We wouldn't know cause we're so happy inside. Some people roll a boat or put on some skis. But we would rather sit on down and talk some movies. We're the Avid Endorsement. Come listen to our show. We're the Avid Endorsement. At home or on the go. We're the Avid Endorsement. What is happening? I'm Rob Lundquist. And I'm Bukes. And we are the Avid Endorsement. Hi, everybody. How you doing today, Bukes? I'm good, man. We've had uh, quite the adventure before our friends even got here trying to get this all set up. <laughs> it's very true. I am currently in Nashville while uh, Bugs is back home, and um, I haven't had to record by myself. Uh, Bugs deals with all that fun stuff, and so we've been trying to teach Grandpa over here how to uh, <laughs> how to run a podcast. So I think we figured it out. Things are good. Let's yeah. go and do Jackie Brown. What do you think, Bukes? Yeah, and in your defense, I'm not sure it's your fault, but it might be. But you know, whatever. We'll just move on. <laughs> it's probably my fault. I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit. All right, deal, um, deal, deal. Bukes, what was the last movie you watched, buddy? Oh, the last movie I watched was yesterday. I saw the movie Long Shot with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Oh yes, uh, she's some sort of politician, and he's yeah. like a writer or something. Yep, she's the Secretary of State. They like know each other from when they were kids. He's a writer. Uh, she's uh, mounting a you know a run at the presidency, and and it's a uh, it's a pretty fun movie. I liked it quite a lot. Uh, there's a lot of really funny parts, as with all Seth Rogen movies for me, pretty much. There's uh, some really funny parts, but yeah, it was it was pretty lovely. It was much more of a rom com uh, than a comedy, and you know me, I was here for it. Oh, I'm sure you loved it so much. So did Seth Rogen. He he helped like direct it and produce it and stuff. Like one of those deals. Yeah, he definitely produced it with his buddy Evan. I don't Evan Goldberg. Yeah, yeah I don't actually know if they helped. I'm sure they helped write on it too. I guess I don't remember seeing that sure. at the end. Uh, at the end of the credits, I was trying to figure out if I was right that uh, Andy Serkis plays this one uh, really dirtbag uh, politician-y guy. And it took me forever to figure out that it was him, <laughs> and then I was like, I was so oh, I was funny. really keyed in on that during the during the credits. So I can't say for sure about the writing, but I know that they for sure produced it, and I I think they help punch up at least everything they do. So that would make sense. Sure. Yeah. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Adam Sandler SNL? No, I didn't see it. Well, he had this whole bit where he does Opera Man, and that was a big bit he did back in the 90s when he was on the show. Yeah. Um, but he had a whole thing on there about how ridiculous it was for Seth Rogen, a not super attractive guy, being able to hook up with, with Charlize Theron. And yeah. then he made fun of himself and just showed pictures of him with all of his castmates that have been <laughs> so attractive in the past. That's it was great. pretty great. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. I love that. I saw Seth Rogen tweet that out and was like, this is so awesome that he made fun of me on here. I love it. Yeah, I bet he was all about that for sure. Yeah, nice. I got to see that movie, though. It's worth watching. 
Yeah, I really liked it, and I think uh, other people will also like it. It's not just me who loves every rom-com ever. Um, yeah, we, we had a ton of fun going to see it. It was a good time. Nice. What was the last movie you saw, buddy? The last movie that I saw was one that I had never seen before. We had uh, quite a few rainy days in Minneapolis uh, while I was home. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we had some movie days. And one of those days, uh, I watched The Emperor's New Groove with my kiddos. Oh, nice. Love that one. What'd you think? I I really enjoyed it. I I had a pretty big hole in my repertoire with uh with disney movies from like 98 until pretty much today sure um and that was one of them and yeah man it was fun uh david spade uh is the main guy and it's so perfect because he's kind of this little smarmy dude and um yeah it, it was just fun i i don't think i'd ever heard him do anything animated before so that was kind of fun then john right. goodman was his like you know the other main character and um he's done a lot of stuff but uh it was it was really fun i had a good time with it and i'm i'm surprised i'd never seen it until now yeah. so yeah it's a it's 20 a pretty years fun later one. what uh what did the kiddos think loved it loved nice. it so much that's great yeah. yeah super fun movie and uh definitely worth checking out yeah for sure yeah and and the music was really good so i, I was i was impressed it was fun what uh, what are you watching on the TV Netflix streaming platforms? Well, the other day on HBO, I streamed a great movie that I kind of forgot how much I loved it, but it was There's Something About Mary. Oh, that's awesome. Which, I mean, I knew that I loved it, but I forgot how funny it was, you know, during the whole thing. Oh, uh, it's so funny. It's, you know, it's, the creepy factor is pretty high in it, but they even knew that it was creepy then. So, you know, it just hasn't aged well in that respect. But that's also kind of the point of it, I guess. So, uh, yeah, Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz, and it's just hilarious. I really loved it a lot. Well, and you have that great cameo from Brett Favre. Favre. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Super funny, and uh, it's got the dude that does the voice of the gargoyles, which I I never remember his name, uh, but he cracks me up. He's the dad in the beginning how'd you get the frank about the beans or how'd you get the beans about the frank i should say (laughs) oh what is his name it's something david right yeah we've talked about him before because he's uh, a voice that i always recognize because he was uh he was in that cartoon disney show called gargoyles years and years ago he played the character goliath and has since done like a bunch of like video game voices and all that stuff so He's awesome though. I love that. Well, guy. and he's such a he's such a good actor too. Yeah, and he's super funny in that role because he's just like you know I'm just trying to have fun with you, man. Woogie used to have fun, you know. Like he's his lick patter is just so good. I love it. His name is Keith David. Keith We're David. We're gonna nice. remember that one of these days. Nice pull. It seems like it should be easy. It's just Keith and David, but yep. Uh, I can't. I can't. It's do the it. two first name thing. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll blame it on that. Yeah, you know, I'm just bad at things. So, yeah, that's what I watched uh, most recently. What uh, What about you? What are you streaming? I watched uh, the last season of Veep. Are you a Veep watcher? I don't think we've oh, ever talked about this. Dude, yes, a thousand percent yes. And I've, I've watched them all now, this last season. It is so good, man. We uh, Kelsey and I binged through those last seven episodes in two nights. Yeah, and perfect. just loved it it was so fun this last season they they do a lot of um 
correlating things to the current presidency that's yeah, happening right now. Totally, totally. Um, that is so funny, and uh, I just I love how they ended it too. They really they did a good job with with everything. Really, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, but, I'm with you. Um, I I loved it, and the stuff that comes out of Julia Louis Dreyfus's mouth is oh. so funny. <laughs> It's like they're it, all awful people. You know, I'm a vulgar person and I understand that and I accept that about myself, but the vulgarity that comes out in that show is some next level stuff. <laughs> oh, it absolutely. And I just love that there's really no topic that they will shy away from and it gets oh, yeah. really controversial by the end. Oh yeah, it's well fun, we man. Yeah, we both know what they talk about in that the early part of season 7 for sure if nothing yes. else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's funny, it's man. super good. If you like that sort of uh, irreverent comedy, you'll really like this show because it's it's super well done, and every every actor they have on there is super funny and wickedly good. It's just great. Did I ever tell you that I I've met Sam Richardson and like did a cruise ship with him? Who is Sam Richardson? Remind me. Oh, he's so funny. Well, he's he's the only black guy in the show. And he's oh, that just, guy's his amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Is so funny, man. Uh, but he was doing the uh, the second city cast on a Norwegian cruise, my, one of my first. Oh, cruises. brilliant! Nice. And so I got to meet him, and uh, yeah, man, it's been so fun to see him just flourish because he was perfect on that show. Oh yeah, he's uh, what a delight that guy is. He's I, so I loved funny. his story arc, and he was it was him I think that was also in the night after the night before. Oh, or was it? It was some comedy, some office comedy, and he was a DJ, and he kept just being like, "Boy, boy, boy!" Oh, that was, was, uh, uh, was office that Christmas party. Office Christmas party wasn't that him in that? Yeah, it definitely was him. Okay, it was funny. I yeah, he's, funny. he's done a bunch of, of he's done a bunch of like really smaller things, but he's getting bigger and bigger, and it's it's been fun to watch. Oh, it's him so great! I didn't know that. He, yeah, I'm it. sure you told me that, but uh, I always forget. So. <laughs> Yeah. That's He's super so cool. funny on that show. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah. What was your uh, favorite meal of this last week? Yeah. So we went, uh, I go camping with my family uh, for every Memorial Day. We made ufta tacos. Have you ever had an ufta taco? Is that the just like, like pretty much taco in a bag? Is that what that is? No, not quite. So ufta taco is just what we call it up north because there's like a stand that does this. But it's basically like a, like a fry bread taco so you take like dough and you deep fry it and then you use that as your taco uh holder you know of sorts oh yes and it's incredible dude it's one of my favorite things of all time it was really fun to do we made like a billion of these little fry breads and it was fun to like you know have an assembly line going with everybody helping and cooking it outside in the oil and everything and it was just delicious and you know i'm i'm just a sucker for a good delicious taco I so, know that about you. Yeah, so it was super fun, and we ate really good stuff the whole weekend. Of course, I mean, we we call it camping, but there's about twelve like you know RVs there, so it's glamping at its finest for sure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, the only thing rugged about that is my stench because I I try not to shower when I'm there, <laughs> just to, you know out of spite really more than anything. <laughs> a rugged stench. Yeah, rugged stench. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's a that's my favorite meal. What was your favorite meal of the last week? Well, Kelsey and I had a fun little date night, and we went and saw our Minnesota Twins play. Yeah, which they're was just really killing fun. it. 
Dude, they are absolutely crushing it. Um, it's been really fun. Because I, I really thought this was going to be a rebuilding year, and they are the best team in baseball right now. Um, yeah. But aside from that, their stadium is great. They have great food there. So much Target food. Field. Yes. Um, but every time we go, we always have to get a – it's either Kramerchuk or Kramarchuk Polish sausage. Sure. Yeah, I don't know which one either. <laughs> it's uh, some Polish name that I do not know how to say it, but they make some very good sausages, brats. Yeah. It's so good. Um, so we got that with, uh, you know, some sauerkraut and – some mustard and uh that's that's what i gotta do when i'm at a ball game heck yeah man although the the manny's steak sandwich that's there now is it's expensive but it's worth it that's super good too i don't know if you've ever where had is that, that i don't even know where that is uh i don't know i don't care much for baseball so i just kind of walk around and look for food so i, sure, I wander yeah. upon it every time i'm there <laughs> that's awesome i didn't even know that. i gotta look for that because yeah it's ridiculously yeah. good. And it's, I think it's like $15 or something, but it's for sure $15 worth of steak. Like it's pretty, <laughs> it's expensive, but worth it, you know? Well, and if people don't know, Manny's Steakhouse is by far the highest rated steakhouse in Minneapolis. It's a pretty big yeah. deal here. It's very expensive, but um, yeah, if you're looking to splurge and have a really fun night, that is a, that's a place to check out for sure. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about uh, trying to go to uh, have a little birthday dinner there. So spend a wow. little bit, treat myself a little bit, as it were. You know what I mean? Treat yourself. That's man. right, treat baby. It. That's right. Love it. Well, cool. That uh, ends the meal portion. Let's talk about some plugs, shall we? Uh, as you guys all know, you can find us on the Twitter machine where we're at Avid Endorsement with a Z. Or you can find us on Facebook.com slash The Avid Endorsement or Instagram where we're at The Avid Endorsement. Or you can go to our website, www.TheAvidEndorsement.com where you'll see featured uh, our upcoming list of the TV shows that we're most excited to check out. Uh, those should be up there because I'm going to do it tomorrow in theory. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, you guys can also join our mailing list there. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of merch in the store. So make sure to visit there and see what's up and, and hang out with us there. But if you really want to come hang out with us, Rob knows just the spot. <laughs> do I ever. Uh, you <laughs> should go to www.patreon.com slash the avid endorsement. Uh, it's a great place to come out, help us rock this uh this podcast out you can help us keep it going um you get a ton of different perks uh one of those perks is getting a shout out on the podcast so i'd like to give yeah. a big shout out to efren diaz anita carl mary fox nanette walkley and marcia greziak you guys are awesome we appreciate your patronage um, and another thing that our patrons get to hear is uh, our podcast and chill version. Uh, yeah. It's an extended version of the podcast. And they get to hear different top five lists that we do. It's usually a top ten, if I'm being honest. Um, and today we're going to be uh, featuring our top five movies that feature flight attendants. So Ooh. it's going to be pretty cool, you guys. I think you're going to dig it. Uh, go on over to Patreon, check it out. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you're thinking about joining Patreon and there's just you can't think of that one thing to send you over the hump, send us an idea of what you would want to see that will get you to join in, and, and we'll probably make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, yeah we're absolutely. talking to folks all the time. It's it's a great place to get to know the people that are uh, listening to what we're doing. 
It is really fun. And actually, I just made plans uh, with Efren. Uh, they're going to be up for Home Freeze doing that show with uh, Reba McIntyre, you know, up here. Oh, in, I know. In August, right? I'm sure it's sold out. Is it sold out? I don't know that. It is in August. It's at uh, Treasure Island, their amphitheater out there, the casino. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be super awesome. I unfortunately don't think I'll be back in time for the show. Uh, but Efren is coming in for the show, and we're going to grab some apps the next day before they fly out. So I love uh, it. That's awesome. Yeah, we've made some really good friends. So if you think you might want to be my friend, become a patron first, and then we'll see what happens. You know, we'll kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so go to all those places. Rate and review us five stars if you would. That'd be super awesome. And uh, yeah, that does it for plugs. Let's talk about the coming attractions uh, tomorrow, actually. If you're listening to this the day that it drops, we are going to release uh, Stripes, recorded with Rob's father, uh, Mr. Fred. And we're going to do uh, for Father's Day, of course, is what we're releasing that for. So make sure to check that out. It was a blast to record that one. We had fun. Uh, I think Fred oh, had we fun. we had so much fun. He did. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah. doing it because that's like my dad's favorite movie ever. So uh, we, we thought it would be fun to bring him on. And, and he crushed it, you guys. Yeah. It was really fun. He was really, really great and will definitely be on again. But make sure to see his debut performance on Stripes. And then also in the next couple of weeks, we got Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 coming out. So as we keep going with the Inglorious podcast, make sure to keep checking those out. But speaking of Inglorious podcast, Rob, we're here to do Jackie Brown. So Yes, um, we are. Maybe you should give us a rough synopsis. I would love to. When flight attendant Jackie Brown is busted smuggling money for her arms dealer boss, Ordell Roby... Agent Ray Nicolette and Detective Mark Dargis want her help to bring down Roby. Facing jail time for silence or death for her cooperation, Brown decides instead to double-cross both parties and make off with the smuggled money. Meanwhile, she enlists the help of bondsman Max Cherry, a man who seems to be super-duper smitten. I added in that last bit. Yeah, he does seem to be super duper smitten. You're right. <laughs> I like that. That was a good review. I like it. Uh, yeah. Or a good synopsis, anyway. Let's go to Rotten Tomato to read some reviews here. Uh, the critics have this movie at 87%, which is pretty strong. I think that's pretty good. And the audience yep. just a smidge below that at 85%, which also giving the proclivities of Tarantino, I think is pretty fair. You know, it's not for everybody, yeah. but the people that like it, I think, really like it. So that's cool. Uh, let's hear a bad review first. This is Jay Carr from the Boston Globe. And he says, surprisingly, Tarantino displays less confidence assembling it than he did in the earlier films. At more than two hours, it's simply too long, or at least it seems so. So that was, you know, that was Jay's take on it, which I don't think it's, you know, it's. I was surprised that it was so long, but... It yeah, it was two was, and a half hours. Yeah, it was still pretty fun. So, you know, but I can see how he could feel that way. You know what I mean? Uh, let's go to Jonathan Rosenbaum from the Chicago Reader. He says, Quentin Tarantino puts together a fairly intricate and relatively uninvolving money smuggling plot. But his cast is so good that you probably won't feel cheated. Which is kind of a backhanded compliment, you know? But oh, Yeah, it definitely is. I'm sure there were nicer reviews. You know, there weren't a lot of reviews, at least on Rotten Tomatoes for this one. So I don't I don't know okay. why that was the case. But uh, that one I felt like was, it really hit on something that I thought was important. And maybe we should just go into the hot take then to uh, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would hot love take. to hear your hot take. Yes. 
I think it's it's interesting that this is one of the only movies. I th- actually, I think it's the only movie that Tarantino, like he wrote the screen, the adaptation for it, but he didn't write the the core work. What am I trying to say? The source material. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, so uh, I understand where they're coming from, especially after looking at all his movies or having seen them and then going backward. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like this one for whatever reason, seems a little incongruent with the rest of his work. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just like he kind of branched out and tried something a little different. This is a little bit more of like a... a, I don't know. It's more like a... It's more plot-driven, I think, actually, than most of his other movies. Uh, They all kind of meander a little bit more than this one does, in my heart, anyway. Um, But I really like this movie. Uh, I like that it's a departure in some ways, but also we still get the crazy dialogue and we still get these really strong characters that are super fun and, and really gritty with their, their weird moral codes and all that good stuff. Uh, the soundtrack of this film is incredible. I really found myself digging on that a ton. And the cinematography is also, you know, great. He's, he's got a real eye for what he wants and he does it in such a raw, cool way. That it's really fun. Uh, so ultimately, for me, this is an interesting movie that falls maybe a bit shorter than others in the catalog. Uh, just as far as... I, I didn't feel as immersed in the universe as I did in the other ones. And I don't know why that was. If that was Maybe that was where I was coming from while I was watching it or something. But uh, ultimately, it's still really fun. I really like the plot of it. I can 100% understand why he fell in love with this book that he read and yeah so i i really liked it even with a a few warts in there so that's my hot take uh love your hot take again uh i'm gonna have a pretty similar hot take uh (laughs) this is uh it's considered to be one of his best movies and i honestly don't really get that um it's fine but so many of the things that i love about tarantino's movies just aren't really in this film yeah Um, it felt like he's trying to be somebody else and i love what he does um it's in chronological order not that that's a big deal but it's fun how he was able to do those those non-linear pacing in his previous ones or even ones after this um the dialogue in this seems to be very plot driven, like you had mentioned. There's not yeah. a lot of fun, like bickering banter that I'm used to, or crazy pop culture references. There's no real like long monologues that Samuel L. does so well um, that just have you like sitting on the edge of your seat. Um, he does still have his awesome cinematography. Get some cool Tarantino shots that I'm sure we'll be talking about later. Yeah, totally. Um, and I do like that all the characters are intertwined like he usually does. But it sounds like that's also a big Elmore Leonard trait as well. Oh, okay. And apparently that's, that's cool. that, that was Elmore Leonard. Uh, he wrote the novel. It's called Rum Punch. Um, yeah. yeah, I saw that. And yeah, and I'm, I'm actually not a huge Elmore Leonard guy. Um, I always find that the plot's interesting, but there's something different about the characters. Like I feel like they're all kind of dark and... I'm not sure what it is exactly that I don't love. Sure. But um, Doesn't click I felt with that you way. Or whatever. Yeah. And like uh, Get Shorty is probably my favorite one of his, but this one and then um, like Out of Sight, I didn't really dig at the time. And I don't know. I, I just don't get that invested. And I felt like that with this one as well. Sure. Um, 
And if it was any other director, I'd say this was a pretty solid movie. But knowing, you know, how he is able to yeah. <laughs> make a film, it just it just didn't really do it for me. Um, I do wish that I would have watched this back when it came out. I feel like I would have probably had more respect for it. Um, yeah. Back when two and a half hours didn't seem as long as it does today. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's it's pretty good. And for another director, I'd probably love it. Uh, for him, I think it's not one of my faves of his. Yeah. And I don't, did we say, uh, I think for both of us, this is the first one where neither of us had seen it, right? Yeah, we didn't mention that at all. I okay. had never seen it. Uh, yeah, I hadn't either. So, um, yeah, and I'm I'm with you. I wonder, you know, anytime you watch something for the first time, I think I talked about this in Pulp Fiction and whatever, but it's like it would be cool to be able to understand how different this was at the time because maybe right. it was something more spectacular then. I don't know. Um, you know, I was young then, so I don't know that my attention span was that much longer. But, yeah, I hear you <laughs> about yeah. the runtime of this. And it was mostly just that, I don't know, I, I'm with you. I miss the, like, weird asides where they talked about if tipping made sense or, you know, like all those things right. that we love so much. Or like from a Royale with cheese or something. Yeah, was, right, right. There just wasn't like any the, of that in this. The, the silly stuff, you know, that's also really cool because they – they say the silly stuff like it matters a million percent and i love that um so yeah. i'm with you on that Are the do you think that you don't think that how they did the heist part of it is out of sequence because they they definitely well, like go they back, go back in time i guess they, they just repeat they it though yeah they they show it from three different perspectives and that is very yeah. tarantino and i i loved that i mean that's yeah, that's that was my favorite part of the my... movie for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and that was the most Tarantino esque part of this film for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, cool. Well, I like that. I think those are some good hot hot takes. But let's move on. Let's talk about the acting performances, and namely our favorite acting performances. Let's talk about who our dude is for this. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. I have two people up for this, Rob, and I can't decide which one I like more. So I don't know, maybe you, you should man. go first? Um, <laughs> Save I me, Rob. think I, I had the exact same thing, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Samuel Jackson as Ordell. I don't know if it's Robbie or Roby. I feel like they didn't say his name very much, but um, yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, I mean he's the man. He always is. Uh, this character, like his Jules character in Pulp Fiction, he's just a bad dude, and he's willing to do some really bad stuff. Um, I feel like Samuel L. He didn't get a bunch of huge monologues like he did in Pulp Fiction, um, right? But everything he did was solid. Um, I like that you didn't really know what he was capable of, and it turned out he was capable of doing some pretty despicable stuff. He was by <laughs> far the most interesting part of this movie for me. Yeah. Um, he, I, but he always knocks us out of the park. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd pick Samuel L. My runner-up, of course, is Pam Greer, and I'm sure you, you did that yeah. as well. Those were the two I had. I, just, I, I might have to pick her because I did really like the, – the biggest thing I liked about her was – her acting performance was really good about 
she was vulnerable and allowed herself to, you know, be vulnerable, but also she was like super powerful and like this genius and, you know, obviously had like just like gumption like you wouldn't believe, you know, to do the double crossing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I loved that I loved, part of it. I loved when she had to get pretty badass and, and acted like, you know, her, her 1970s badass lady that she was so popular yes. for. Yes. Um, when Ordell comes to her apartment in, in the dark and then she turns the gun on him. That was pretty awesome. I, yeah. I, I loved that. That part was super good, and I just really liked her. But it's so hard to argue with Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, the dude just like commands the you know the screen every time he's on there. Uh, I just yeah, I don't know. I love that his character is clearly like a hustler that started off doing other stuff, but has worked his way up to the gun trade or whatever you know. Sure. Uh, or at least that's what you know. My mind filled in the gaps there. Uh, but yeah, I think I'd have to go with Pam Greer. Just because you could pick Samuel L. for every movie he's ever been in, but she That's was very just true. she was just great, and I I thought she had the most depth as a character, which was kind of fun. And yeah, I I get that she it was definitely a complicated role, and I thought she did yeah. it really well. So yeah, I mean, I same. wouldn't be mad at giving uh, Pam Greer the dude. I'll I'll do that as well. It was a it was a coin toss for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I felt the same way. But well, let's uh, let's let the ladies win this one. Let's go, with Pam Greer, all the way. I like your style, dude. Love it. Uh, let's move on to the Tucci Award. Tucci! The Tucci is for the best supporting role. And they, there were a lot of good actors in this film. It was really fun. This one was a little tougher for me. I actually uh, I actually decided to pick Bridget Fonda as Melanie. Oh, nice. Um, I have not seen Bridget Fonda recently in a long time, but she was in so many different things in the 90s, uh, and I, I'd seen her mostly in like romantic comedies and things, Sure. Um, so I'd never seen her play something like this before, and I thought it was really fun. She plays this stoner surfer girl that really had no qualms backstabbing people that supported her, yeah. like Ordell, and I love that she just didn't know when to quit, and her... Yeah ultimate death scene you could just feel the tension rising as she just kept egging on lewis who is clearly not in the place to be egged on yeah he's just freaking out yeah (laughs) Yeah, right it it was just a really fun role and i i have some runners up but who who do you think you'd give your tooch to well i was i was between a few people but ultimately i decided i had to give it to robert forster i really loved his performance it was so like he was so grounded and so even keel throughout this whole movie that it was kind of fun to see that and sort of see the way the world worked around him. And he clearly knew what was going on. And he was, you know, he's clearly a badass, but also, you know, he's not without humanity or tenderness. And he he kind of has the same thing as uh, as Pam Greer has, where he gets to show a little bit more of that vulnerable side of himself. And I, just, I really liked that note in this thing. And then uh, when I was looking up this stuff, I saw that he won a freaking Oscar for it. So, <laughs> well, he was nominated for an Oscar. Did he not win? I thought he won. No, no, uh... because this is the only Tarantino movie that's been nominated for an Oscar and didn't win one. Got it. Okay, I saw that it was up. Yeah. Then. Okay, but either way, yeah, he I was mean, that's a big nominated. deal. No, for sure. Well, and th- this was another 
uh, instance where Tarantino just totally resurrected somebody's career. Apparently, he was kind of in the dumps for a while. Yeah. Uh, as well as Pam Greer. Uh, you had John Travolta in Pulp Fiction as well. Yep. So he, he likes to do that. And, and he did a great job. I agree. Uh, yeah, I really It's a pretty understated him. role. It wasn't big and flashy, but everything that he did, like you know that he's a tough guy that's had to deal with criminals his whole life, but he was able to be vulnerable, and you could see that he immediately fell in love with Jackie Brown the first time he saw her. Yeah, and I yeah, love yeah. that he gets he gets so smitten that he you know goes and and gets that cassette tape after she plays him an album. <laughs> like yeah, it's something you would see like some you know teenager who's in love with the 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 girl at school. Like, um, I, I love that for sure. I, one thing I didn't really understand and and maybe you can enlighten me a little bit, but why didn't he just go away with her at the end? Yeah. I wanted to quit the business anyway. And, and he, or at least he said that, and you know, that he's so into her, like, what, what do you think that was about? I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I I had the same question, and it made me be like, I should probably go watch that part again because maybe I missed something. But yeah, I don't I don't rightly know why he did it. I'll have to look that up and and uh, get back into it again. I I don't know. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I would I would have loved to have seen him just be like, all right, uh, give it to the other guy in charge and and just run away with her. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe just that line of work was in his blood or something. I don't. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. she just freaked him out. Maybe she, like that evil plan that she concocted, maybe that freaked him out too much. Yeah, maybe. Know. But he seems like a guy that's like seen some stuff. So I don't know why that would freak him out specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, one other person that I had as a runner up for me was Robert De Niro. I thought he was, it was really fun to see him as this sort of burnout character, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, I was, I'll admit that I didn't really get the, a ton of why he was there through most of the film, but that the climax of his character uh, at the shopping mall is pretty incredible. Yeah. And he was great. I mean, he was great the whole time, but it was just, he was just kind of hanging out up until then. And it was just like, whoa, you really saw this crazy dude come out in a scene that I know we'll talk about later for sure. Oh, we definitely will. And and <laughs> I agree. It was like, why is why did De Niro take this role? Yeah, he's like right? barely in it. And when he is in it, he's not saying too many clever things. I don't he's know. He's just kind of smoking weed and hanging out. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. That was weird. Uh, the other runner up I had actually was Chris Tucker as Beaumont. Yes, I had him too. Probably one of the smallest roles in the film, but his one scene, he is so great he's just so funny his delivery is amazing i I feel like he kind of plays the same guy and everything but it works i like it um and his she his scene shows us just how brutal ordell can be oh it's so good and i love that he hated the idea of getting into the trunk but he ended up getting bullied into it for some chicken and waffles pretty much and that he kept, you know, giving giving him the guilt trip of I just spent yeah. ten thousand dollars. You're gonna get the trunk <laughs> for me, right? So yes, right. Um, but he ultimately should have listened to his instincts. It seems. Yeah, it does seem like he was onto something. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was. But man, I just he's so great. I just love yeah, that guy. I love him too. I hear you. And the only other runner up I had was Michael Keaton. Uh, 
I, he's just always great. So he didn't do a ton in this movie, but I just I love everything he's in. So I had to at least yeah. give him a shout out. You know what I mean? Definitely give him a shout out. It's yeah. worth a shout out for sure. For sure. Cool. Why don't we uh, move on to uh, to our favorite scene then? Yeah, let's talk about favorite scenes. Uh, I had a few of them. Uh, I think my first one, since we just talked about the Chris Tucker scene, uh, that scene where he gets him into the trunk and then drives like 20 feet and then just shoots him is amazing. I love it so much. It is. Uh, and I love I that, that that whole scene is shot from the trunk vantage point too. Which is super cool, you know? Yeah, that's a big Tarantino trademark that we've seen Yeah, so far in his first three movies, for sure. Yeah, for sure, which is super fun. I just, uh, yeah, and they're like, the repartee between those two is just super fun. It's like the closest we get to one of those Tarantino things that I love so much, where they're talking about something else completely almost, and it's like, it's just the, the almost just the rhythm of them chatting back and forth is super fun you know and uh mm-hmm. i just i love that scene it was so great i love that scene too but mine was mostly for the cinematography when he when he gets sure. to his apartment that whole all of that dialogue which there was a lot is a one shot and so yeah, that's true nice yeah good call they did all of that in one shot then they they do another shot that goes from the apartment to the car so they've choreographed that and it's like behind the fence so the yeah. fence is kind of like in between there and and it's like scrolling past the screen they get to the car they do the trunk shot like you said but then yeah they once he puts the the trunk door down it uh, slowly pans out and then you just see it get higher and higher and you, yeah. you see that the car is leaving you see that the car pretty much just goes around the block stops yeah. goes out and shoots it and then go, like it's just all of that which was quite a bit was only three shots yeah and which is crazy it was very effective so i'm with you one of mine was uh, when ordell figures out that jackie brown has double crossed him yeah so lewis picks ordell up from the strip club and explains that he just killed melanie which i know will end up in best quotes but ordell is clearly upset about that but then he sees that there's only like 10% of what he was expecting from the from the bag. Sure. Uh, he, they only had like forty or $50,000 and they were supposed to have five hundred. And he's just thinking so hard on what could have possibly happened. And yeah. Tarantino just lets the camera stare at him as Samuel L. just closes his eyes. And he's just thinking what, you know, what went down. And then he opens his eyes and says, Jackie Brown. I just, I yeah. just love that. I thought that was really effective. Then even, you know, after that, he ends yes. up killing Lewis and that dialogue is so great and he's asking him what happened to him and he was so beautiful. He's so disappointed yeah. in him. You used it's to just, be beautiful, it, man. Yes. <laughs> Love yeah, that. I just I thought that was a really, really good scene. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps for sure when I saw that part. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I loved that whole thing. That was great. And just before that, I also loved uh, where Lewis like loses his mind, <laughs> basically in the right. parking lot. She pushes yeah. him too far, and it's just it's so cool to like you know we've heard this guy has served time in jail, and we you know we sort of get the impression that he's maybe kind of a bit you know a badass guy, but. To see him like on a dime just shoot her and kill her 
and then be like, make his joke afterward and be like, oh, see, it's right where I thought it was. Told you. And just move on with his life is just, it was great. And I thought De Niro was amazing in that scene. I loved everything about it. Uh, She, you know, including her giving him crap and then just, uh, just seeing him unravel was super fun. Absolutely. Well, and I was going to say just the money exchange that's shown from the three different perspectives I'm saying that's like all one scene, but it's not. There's so many, but yeah, um, I no, just I get loved you. that so much. So the first one was from Jackie Brown's perspective, and you can feel how nervous she is with it going down, and she wants everything to happen the way that it's planned. I love that you only see Melanie's feet from the dressing room. Yes. And she's like, I, I left a cherry on top, and you can see that like kind of compute just from looking at her feet, which yeah. I thought was so effective really cool yeah and then we get that crazy long shot of her walking through it seems like the entire mall uh that's it's yeah, such that's a true. long shot it does seem it was, like that it yeah. was fun yeah um that i i also love that she ended up getting a black suit with the white shirt i feel like that calls back to his previous two movies yeah, too totally. that was just i don't know something I'm with you. i thought in the where moment, like but... she becomes sort of the badass you know <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but then the second one is from Lewis's point of view. And you mentioned a lot of what happened in that scene, at least the end of it. But at the beginning yeah. of it was him waiting for her to get ready. And you can see that he's already kind of annoyed with her. Yeah. And she just keeps kind of laying it on him. Just like, how did you guys, how did you guys rob banks before? You seem so nervous. Like, are you sweating? And she's just pointing out how he's freaking out, which doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do. <laughs> Maybe just let him be and leave him alone. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's the right idea. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> and then the the third one was just from Max's point of view, and that one's by far the shortest of the three. He pretty much just shows up, yeah. sees Lewis and Melanie do their thing, then he sees Jackie leave the fitting room, he waits a beat, and then goes and gets the, the money, pretty much. Yep. I did love in that one that he... He goes out to the car and the way that they shot it, you know, he looks back at the the mall and you're thinking like, is he going to get away with this or is somebody going to show up? Like I was waiting for Big Ordell time. to be waiting for him. Yeah. And I felt like they kind of set that up a little bit when, when Ordell saw Jackie and Max at the mall. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was just waiting for that to happen. So I felt myself just kind of like not breathing. Yeah. And tense like, up a little oh, bit. He's going like, oh, to no. get it right now. It's going to be so bad. Yeah, um, absolutely. Man, then he just leaves. And I, I just uh, that was that was for sure. My favorite was just seeing seeing that all happen from the three different point of views. I thought that was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Well, it's glorious. I'm with you for sure. Uh, I loved all that. Uh, yeah, that the whole time jump thing, the switcheroo of the money was just, it was so fun and so obvious that that's part of the reason he loved this, you know, this script and this idea and he had such yeah. a vision for it. So it worked out really well. I'm with you. Um, I also loved where Jackie takes the gun out of, uh, uh, what's Forrester's character's name? I can never remember. Max Cherry. Yeah, Max Cherry, that's right. She takes the gun from his glove compartment. You know, she's like, says she's looking for smokes, and then we find out later, and she uses the gun to hold up Ordell when he comes to her place that night. 
and we know yeah. that he's going to kill her because he just did it to Chris Tucker, you know, and they've talked about it and everything. I just thought that whole scene was so good. And they hid the fact that she took a gun from in there really well. And it was yeah. really fun to see that and be an audience member for that. I was like, oh, she's, you know, she's, she's fine. This is great. You know, <laughs> I wasn't like super attached to her yet at that point, but I definitely still wanted to see her win a little bit, you know. Absolutely, yeah. When she when she pulls the gun on him, I'm like, yes, all right. Yeah, she's gonna sure. she's gonna bring it to him. That's great. Yeah. So that was my other one. Oh, and the last one that I had was the scene between Jackie and Cherry, uh, Max Cherry. Talk about like how they're both old and they thought they'd be in Getting a different older, spot yeah. by now and whatever. And then they're like, if you had a chance, would you take it? I just loved that whole that whole dialogue arc was really fun and. Definitely something I hadn't seen in a Tarantino movie up to that point, I don't think, uh, or since, really. Uh, it was vulnerable in a different way than he usually is, because I didn't feel like either of them were really fronting about who they were, what they were scared of, or anything. They were just being super honest. Yeah. Well, it's time for Selfie's Choice, buddy. What are we going to pick for our favorite? I feel like... I can do that pretty easily because I said that the money exchange shown from three different perspectives was my favorite scene. And that okay. is a lot. I mean, that's it's a like lot of scenes. Yeah. <laughs> 30% of the movie probably. So would you pick that over the sequence of uh, going to Chris Tucker's house and everything? I mean, I loved that just from the, the filmmaking part of it, the, sure. the cinematography and, and the dialogue was good too. Um, Hmm, I don't I'm know. a little bit torn between the both of them, but I think I'd if we're gonna call the switcheroo scene all all one scene, one sequence, then yeah, I think yeah. it might have to be that. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go to show me the money. Show me the money! Show me the money! Show me the money! We got uh, best quote here. Uh, I had a few um, certainly not as many uh, as some of the other uh, Tarantino ones. Same, yeah. But, same. but there's there's some fun dialogue in this. Um, there's one that uh, Samuel did. He said, uh, my ass may be dumb, but I ain't no dumbass. <laughs> I like that's that. My, that was my number one with a bullet, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably pretty good. I did like when he said, you can't trust Melanie, but you can trust Melanie to be Melanie. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I did I did enjoy that. That was a clever way of saying that she's her own person. You can you can be sure that she's going to be herself. Uh but maybe, you know, don't put all your faith in her. Yeah, I loved it. Did you have any? <laughs> yeah, I liked Jackie Brown. Uh, when she was like, shut your raggedy ass up and sit the f*** down. <laughs> I loved that line so much. It just cracked me up so hard. That was good. Uh, and I liked Ordell saying, I'm as serious as a heart attack. And then the other one that I really liked, the last one that I had was uh, Jackie Brown has, it's kind of a long one, but she it's really where she's talking about uh, just how scared she is about everything. And she's like, well... 
I've flown seven million miles, and I've wait. I've been waiting on people almost twenty years. The best job actor I, I could get after my bust was Cabo Air, which is the worst job you can get in this industry. I make about sixteen thousand dollars with retirement benefits, and that ain't worth a damn. And now with this arrest hanging over my head, I'm scared. If I lose my job, I got to start all over again. But I got nothing to start over with. I'll be stuck with whatever I can get, and that's <laughs> scarier than Ordell. And I just thought that was so fun. The way she sure. delivered all that was so great. And it really... Yeah, you really got a good sense of her predicament where she was. Yeah, and it set the mood for, like, sh- that's why she was willing to take the chance with Ordell, who's pretty ruthless, and try to, like, mm-hmm. you know, screw him over a little bit. So I, I loved that line. Did you yeah. have other ones? I did, yeah. I'm, that scene that you were talking about where they're talking about getting older between Max and Jackie. Max says, I'll bet besides maybe an afro, you look exactly how you did at 29. She says, well, my ass ain't the same. And Max is like, <laughs> bigger? She said, yeah. Max said, ain't nothing wrong with that. I, <laughs> I did that really like that too. That was great. And then the scene where Ordell is asking Lewis uh, about Melanie. And he's like, is she dead? Yes or no? And just like De Niro's perfect delivery is like, yeah, pretty much. You can just see yeah, him yeah. do yeah, the squinty. Pretty much. Little, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> just De Niro. That's like nobody else can do that line like De Niro. That's yeah. perfect. The bottled essence of De Niro. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Um, another one that I loved was um, Ordell is talking to Melanie. And he said, you know, you smoke too much of that <laughs> that's going to rob you of your ambition. And she says, not if your ambition is to get high and watch TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that, that was like perfect for her character. I enjoyed that very much. And then uh, another one that you already said, actually, was just after Lewis shoots Melanie. He said, see, just where I oh, said it was. Yeah. And just acting like nothing had happened and drove off. I also loved the one where she was like, how did you idiots rob banks or whatever she's i don't have the exact quote in front of me but i loved that right. line too it was just this so funny but yeah i loved him being like oh see it's right where i said it was and he almost like chuckles to himself and yeah. you really see how small of a deal killing someone is to him which i loved that and i think he just kind of i think he was losing it a little bit yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah but, uh, yeah, I loved that part, so I'm with you. Well, why don't we move on to Bug's boohoo moments? Boohoo, wee! Wee! I picked zero for this. I'm just going to come out and say it. Uh, I feel like that's going to be the case for most of these Tarantino movies. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. You're not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It kind of kills the segment <laughs> these it Tarantino does. movies. But... <laughs> Uh, the scene where I got closest was when they were talking about the future, but no, I'm ne- I'm never going to lie to you guys and, and say I cried when I didn't. So <laughs> that's, that's uh, good. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't have a boohoo in this movie. I, uh, I get it. I didn't even get close at any point. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we just move on to movie trivia then? All right, cool. I have uh, just a few uh, little bits of trivia here. Uh, Quentin Tarantino met with Robert Forster in a restaurant and handed him the script saying you're gonna do this and that's all there is to it uh forrester was naturally thrilled having had a career major career slump and you know the film saw him come back in a big way obviously and and he even got that oscar nomination that we talked about so that was pretty cool i thought it was kind of fun that like i don't know how tarantino is so good at that he just 
knows these other actors that he loves and he's just like you're gonna do this and it's gonna be great and then it is that's wild love it yeah Yeah. super wild uh i think i said this already but this was the first and only film to be adapted from pre-existing material which is cool um yeah uh and then my last one that i found was the scene where max and jackie talk and max discusses that he has work uh done on his hair to make him look more youthful uh, yes. That was actually suggested by Robert Forster. Uh, he'd had the surgery done when his hairline began to recede, and he thought it fit the character. And Tarantino, I guess, was just like over the moon that he was okay openly discussing it and immediately wrote it into the screenplay. So I thought that was kind of fun because it was such a that was such a real moment in his character, and it was fun fun to hear about that collaboration between you know the screenplay writer and the actors and stuff, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's all I had for trivia. What'd you have? Uh, I had a couple things. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is notorious for saying mother effer in his yes. R-rated film. Uh, Indeed. He, in this one, he says it 37 times. Nice. And since as of last year, at least, it still holds the record for the number of times he said it in one movie. Really? Wow. Yes. All right. So I liked that. Um, one thing that we don't love in Tarantino's movies is that he uses <laughs> the N-word quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and he uses it 38 times throughout this film. And actually, uh, Spike Lee publicly criticized him for using it so much. And oh, wow. Miramax uh, called Spike Lee to try to meet, like mediate between him and Tarantino, but Lee was not having it. So it sounds like... Spike Yikes. Lee is not a big fan of Tarantino, and I think well, that's one of the main reasons. That's understandable. Um, I mean, at least it was a black guy saying it this time. I don't know. I don't know. What it was. The least yeah, is, I mean, it's, you know? it's Samuel saying it every yeah, time. Yeah, it's tough, one, man. But it, it is. That is. It's it's my least favorite part of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he's got to say it so much. But and if whatever. and if anyone out there is like, oh, I can't believe they never said these quotes you know if, if it uses uh, any racial slurs in it i'm never going to quote it just know that uh, there probably are lines that i'm missing I and rob i think is sort of on the same boat uh definitely uh so yeah <laughs> just know that's why we're not saying those if you're yeah, missing staying, a special one <laughs> gonna steer clear from that for sure yeah absolutely um, I, one thing i thought was interesting was that de niro has sex with bridget fonda in this uh, he also had sex with her aunt Jane Fonda in the film Stanley and Iris. He's the uh, only actor to have had sex in a film with both the aunt and the niece. So that's oh kind God. of kind of fun. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. I like it. Nice. <laughs> um, one thing we like to do is just uh, talk about people that were up for different roles. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, well, she wasn't up for a different role, but Pam Greer had screen tested for. Uh, the part in Pulp Fiction that went to Rosanna Arquette. Oh yeah, and yep. uh, Tarantino didn't forget her, and and he he wrote this movie specifically for Pam Greer, which I thought was really cool. That is super cool. Um, apparently, Christina Applegate was considered for the role of Melanie. Oh, well, that makes but sense. She was she was under contract for Married with Children, so she couldn't do it, and uh, it worked out because Bridget Fonda was great. Yeah, she was um, really fun. I think that was kind of it for uh, other actors that were up for roles for me. Nice. Oh, one one other thing that was interesting was just that uh, uh, on 
on the answering machine on on Jackie's answering machine the electronic voice is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, which I, I thought liked. that was super funny. That voice was like it didn't sound real. Like it sounded like a right? person rather than a yeah. machine. Yeah, that's I awesome. Know. I was like I I knew it right away. I was like that is Tarantino. He didn't he didn't write himself into the movie, so he's the electronic voice on the answering machine. I thought that was funny. Yeah. He always wants to to cash that screen actors check, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Love awesome. It. I didn't pick up on that. That was a good piece of trivia. I like nice. it. Nice. Well, that's it for trivia. Uh, let's talk about Judgment Day, Rob. Do you think there will be a sequel to this movie? I don't think there will be a direct sequel. However, yeah. the uh, these characters have been in a few other movies. It turns out. Oh, really? And did you nice. see that at all? No, I didn't. Tell me more. So uh, Michael Keaton, he reprised his role as Ray Nicolette in Out of Sight, which is also a novel by Elmore Leonard. Nice. And um, they've used uh, they've used these same characters with different actors as well. There was one called The Big Bounce with Owen Wilson and a few other folks. Um, Nice. And and there was another one that I can't remember the name of. Um, I probably should have looked that up, um, but I know it had like Jason Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston, and that one has the same characters as well. Oh wow! So huh. apparently, Elmer Leonard had used these same characters uh, in a lot of his novels, and people started making movies. That's really cool, neat. But, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I doubt that they're going to be doing anything directly um, dealing with. Uh, Jackie Brown. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I, I I don't think a sequel necessarily. I'm with you on that. The only thing I would say is I would be interested in uh, seeing Odell's prequel. You know, that might be really cool to learn about that character and what got him to this point. Uh, yeah. But it'd be hard for Samuel L. to do that probably. Although they're getting good at de-aging people, so maybe it wouldn't be hard. But I, I don't know. That would be the only thing I'd really be super interested in, I think. Yeah, and and it still seems with you. pretty unlikely. No, I, it seems very unlikely. Yeah. We, we didn't really talk about but how ridiculous did Samuel L. look in this movie? <laughs> yeah. it's Apparently, that was a piece of trivia I read, that that was his idea. He thought that the braided goatee and the like super long braid with the receding hairline, that was all his plan, I guess. And he thought it was cool for this character. And it was absurd, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Well, and did you notice that he was wearing all those Kangol hats, too? I feel like yes. when I think of Samuel L., he's in those hats. And this must have been the first time we ever saw him with them. I had that exact same thought. I was like, was this the start of the Kangol hat thing for him? Yeah. Because he's really held on to that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, nice. Well, I think cool. that, uh, that probably does it for Jackie Brown, buddy. I think it does as well. Nice. Should, should we, we uh, should play, we play a, a movie game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, let's do it. We let's have, play a game. Let's do it. Let's play a game. This is um, the uh, Blast from the Past movie trivia game that we like to play. Yeah, tell them all about it. Are we going to do the 90s again, buddy? Let's do the 90s. All right, cool. This is a book that we use. There's quizzes in it. They're each 10 questions long. Uh, what will happen is Rob will read one to me, and then I'll read one to Rob. Uh, we'll start a two-minute timer. You can guess as many times as you'd like, and then whoever wins gets to choose 
uh, how we go forward and in what order we select for the uh, top five list, which for this one is top movies with flight attendants in them. So, yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. All right, buddy. Are you ready for your 10 questions? Yeah, I'm sure I'll get one of them, maybe. (laughs) You'll for sure get one of them. Okay, great. Um, Do you have the timer ready? Oh, I forgot that I was in charge of that. You're going to do that? You're going to do it right after I ask this first question. Let me know when I can go. I'm ready. Go for it. All right. Number one. What adventure fantasy has the tagline, it's a jungle in there? Adventure fantasy. Uh, Jumanji? Yes. In I Know What You Did Last Summer, four teens hit and apparently kill a pedestrian in a car accident. The teens are played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Phillippe, and who? Oh, God. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Phillippe, and who? Oh, I don't know. Oh, wait. Freddie Prince Jr.? Yes. Okay, good. What? What movie features Carl Childers, a simple man hospitalized since childhood for murder, who is released to start a new life in a small town? Oh, my God. I have no idea. In A Nightmare Before Christmas, what is the name of the pumpkin king of Halloween town who tries to take over Christmas? No idea. What film based on a John Grisham novel stars Sandra Bullock, Samuel L. Jackson, Kiefer Sutherland, and Matthew McConaughey? Uh, I don't know. What is the name of Tim Burton's biopic about a low-budget film director of the 1950s and 60s? Hitchcock? No. I don't know. Who won a Best Original Screenplay Oscar for Goodwill Hunting? Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I guess I gotta say yes. both, right? Yep. Uh, and Malcolm X is based on the 1965 book The Autobiography of Malcolm X, written by what author in collaboration with Malcolm X? Um... I don't know. What thriller has the tagline Paul Sheldon used to write for a living? Now he's writing to stay alive. Ah, uh, misery. Yes. Who oh, plays wow. the title roles in Dumb and Dumber? Oh, Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey. Yes. What movie features Carl Childers, a simple man hospitalized since childhood for murder, who is released to start a new life in a small town? Man, I don't have any idea what that is. In A Nightmare Before Christmas, what is the name of the pumpkin king of Halloween Town who tries to take over Christmas? Mr. Halloween. Oh, that's the time. All right. Was it Mr. Halloween? You you did pretty well, man. (laughs) Really? Um, Thanks. Yeah. Um, Let me go. And so you got Jumanji. Nice. Freddie Prince Jr. The movie that features Carl Childers, a simple man hospitalized since childhood for murder, was released to start a new life in a small town. That is Sling Blade. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, In A Nightmare Before Christmas, what is the name of the pumpkin king of Halloween Town who tries to take over Christmas? His name is Jack Skellington. Oh. Okay. I wouldn't have probably got that anyway, but I wasn't thinking of him. Okay. I I didn't. I never actually saw that one. Um, What film based on a John Grisham novel has Sandra Bullock, Samuel L., Kiefer, and Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, what is Uh, that? That was A Time to Kill. Oh, never heard of it. Or never saw it oh, anyway. That that's a good. Well, I I had read the book. I read most of his. Sure. And uh, it was fun. Well, it's not fun. It's it's a really horrific story actually. But uh, the acting in it is really good. A time to kill. I'm gonna put that on my list. Yeah, man. Uh, the name of the Tim Burton biopic about a low budget film director in the 50s and 60s that was Ed Wood. 
Oh, yeah. I've never seen that, but we've talked about yep. it a bunch. We have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you got the Goodwill Hunting screenplay folks. Uh, that was the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Okay. Um, Malcolm X is based on the 1965 book. Uh, what was the author in collaboration? That was Alex Haley. Oh, I've heard that name. Okay. You got Misery, and then you got uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. So you got five, brother. Nice. That's pretty good. I can't believe I got Misery. I've never even seen it. No, you're good. I feel like they've used Misery a few times on this. but Me too. Uh, Maybe that's why it was in my head. <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah. I got to beat five. That's going to be tough. All right. I will do it. Um, okay, so I'm going to be looking at a picture, Rob. And I just want to tell the people this so that, one, they know that we're, we're not good at planning. And two, if I stumble on any words, it's because of that, okay? Yep, we got it, man. It gets a little small. Uh, can you do the timer for this one or no? I can. Question one. What film starring Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser focuses on the last days of Frankenstein's director, James Whale? Not a clue. In Basic Instinct, Michael Douglas plays a detective investigating brutal murder, and Sharon Stone's character is a suspect. What is the murder weapon? What is it? Um, an ice pick? Yes. What is the okay. last feature film of Sir John Galegood in which you see the Pope? In Not which he plays the Pope? No. Go Who for plays it. the title role in Oliver Stone's Nixon? Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Uh, what is the title of the first sequel to Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Uh, try again? The Lost World? Yeah, it's The Lost World, okay. Jurassic Park. Sorry. Uh, cool. Who plays the title role in the French film Cyrano de Bergerac? Um, oh, God. What is his er- name? De Bergerac, sorry, I said it wrong. Say it again, who's the title role? Who plays the title role in the French film, Cyrano de Bergerac? Uh, Gerard Depardieu. No. Um, you want the next one? Okay. Yeah, keep who, going. Who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? Obi-Wan, was that Ewan McGregor? It was, and Gerard Depardieu was right. Uh, what movie stars Gina Davis as a suburban homemaker who begins to remember parts of her previous life as a lethal... The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yes. What romantic comedy has the tagline, she walked off the street into his life and stole his heart? Pretty Woman. Yes. What actor says, I see dead people? Uh, Haley Joel Osment. Yes. Uh, what film starring Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser focuses on the last day of Frankenstein's director, James Whale? Uh, what could that possibly be? I have no idea. The Mummy? No. Uh, Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser. I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. But uh, let's just start with that one. You did really well, buddy. Sorry about the snafu in the middle there. You're good. I was scrolling back and forth and missed uh, Gerard Depardieu. What film starring Ian McKellen and Brendan Fraser, the Frankenstein director, James Whale? That was God and Monsters. Oh, I, I never saw that. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that of it. It makes me feel a little I've, better. Yeah. yeah, I never saw it for sure. Uh, the Basic Instinct was the ice pick. Uh, the last feature film of Sir John Gelgut was, what does that say? Elizabeth in 1998. Okay. Another movie he I haven't played, seen. 
played the Pope in Elizabeth. Title role in Nixon was Anthony Hopkins. Uh, the first sequel to Jurassic Park was The Lost World Jurassic Park. Cool. Uh, the title role you got was Depardieu. It was Ewan McGregor. The Long Kiss Goodnight was the great Gina Davis movie that we've talked about just a lot on this podcast, yeah. which is strange. Yeah, we might have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She Walked Off the Street is Pretty Woman, and then you got Haley Joel Osment. Boom. So I think he, I counted eight. Yeah, I think you got eight. You're great at the 90s. Man, let's, let's only do 90s. <laughs> I got five, so I don't feel as bad, but I don't want to sign up to do that forever. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so no. No for me. Uh okay. but that was it for the Blast from the Past game. Uh the coming attractions as we said at the top, but just to let you guys know again, we got stripes coming up with Fred Lundquist. It's a super ton of fun. That'll be out uh, you know, right away on Father's Day. So make sure to check that out. And also Kill Bill Volume One and Two as we continue on Inglorious Podcast will be up. Uh, so make sure to check all those out. Uh, if you want to rate and review us on any of the sites uh, that you listen to this, we would super, super love it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it too, man. Uh, I'm yeah. glad that we both have seen Jackie Brown now. I can say Me that too. I've finally seen it. We saw it. There's uh, that. We talked about it at length, and it was pretty good. <laughs> I liked Sweet. it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Rob Lundquist. I'm Bukes. Thank you guys again. And until we talk to you next time, enjoy the great indoors. The sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky. We wouldn't know because we're so happy inside. Some people roll a boat or put on some skis. But we would rather sit on down and talk some movies. We're the avid indoorsmen. Come listen to our show. We're the avid indoorsmen. At home or on the go, we're the Avid Endorsement. We hope you love it so. So come on in and stay a while. We'll do our best to make you smile. We're the Avid.